I've got good news and I've got bad news. I'm going to give you the bad news first. Last week's Big 12 games, there was only one because Baylor and Houston was canceled. The game that happened, the Big 12, was embarrassing again. And Oklahoma State, number 11, Oklahoma State barely beat Tulsa. The good news is, this week, Big 12 play starts. So, we can't embarrass ourselves against the other conferences. Let's talk about those games with TCU broadcaster John Denton. This is the Big 12 Bullets. Yes, let us forget about last week's episode that previewed a game that never happened. Because we're going to do it again this week. We're going to preview a game that we hope will happen. That game is Iowa State TCU. And we have legendary TCU broadcaster John Denton on the program. Uh, We have a great interview with him. He gives us all the information we need to know about TCU. Because one of the problems with TCU is they haven't played a game yet. So while a lot of the other Big 12 schools have embarrassed themselves, or if you're Oklahoma, you played uh, a pay-per-view game against uh, nobody, so we really don't know anything about Oklahoma, uh, and the things we know about all the other schools are not great, uh, except Texas, who did look good. Uh, So we don't know anything about TCU, so John is going to give us all that information. So I'm not going to talk too much about TCU and Iowa State in the intro before the interview, because uh, that's where all that information is going to come but we'll talk about the other Big 12 games that are supposed to happen. I'm not even going to get into anything about, uh, oh, this team has this many tests, or this positive, negative, whatever. Because one, all that information changes so quickly. And two, it, it just, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do with it. You know, you hear these rumors and you hear, oh, this game might be canceled and then it's on. Or then the game actually is canceled. So it, it's really impossible to predict what's going to happen on Saturday as far as whether these games will happen. So we're going to talk about these games like they're going to happen. So the first game is Kansas State at Oklahoma. And uh, like I said, I have heard some stuff about maybe Kansas State. Too many tests. This game might not happen, but we're not going to talk about it like that. We're going to talk about what will happen if full-strength Oklahoma plays full-strength Kansas State. Um, I've been saying this all week. I think this is probably the biggest trap game in the, the conference. You have Oklahoma, who played against, like we said, a nobody. It was easy. Spencer Rattler played one half, and his sort of intro into being a starting quarterback at the Division One level was was very easy, and, and he was not challenged at all. And so, I think Kansas State or Oklahoma will be looking at Kansas State maybe and saying, "Well, this this is the team that lost, you know, the first week. They they lost to University of Louisiana Lafayette. U la la." It's not. This is not going to be a tough game. Kansas State is is easy. We'll, we'll, we'll handle this. Well, of course, Kansas State beat Oklahoma last year. Kansas State always beats Oklahoma, it seems. And they're a well-coached team, and they're a team that has a ton to prove after their first week. And so I think that Kansas State is going to come out very, very, very strong in this game. And we'll see if Oklahoma is as good as they looked or if they can be rattled. I mean, remember, normally you would have multiple non-conference games to gear up to play in the conference. And usually, you know, this game against a team like Kansas State is your third or fourth game. Uh, Well, this is the second game. And it's a game that 
like I said, I, I just see it being a huge trap for Oklahoma. Um, I, I still think Oklahoma is going to win because Kansas State looked so bad. It's really impossible to predict that Kansas State will suddenly be good. Um, but I do think that Chris Kleiman will have his team ready to play. They'll have a ton to prove. They don't want to start 0-2. And they are not intimidated by Oklahoma. So that's going to be a big trap game. Uh, Iowa State TCU is the game at 1.30, so we'll talk about that with John. Then you get Texas at Texas Tech at 3.30. Um, the Oklahoma game, by the way, is on Fox. The Texas and Texas Tech game is the next game on Fox at 3.30. And Texas looked, of anyone in the conference besides Oklahoma, Texas looked the best. Now, UTEP is really not a good team. You can't judge a ton based on how they looked against UTEP. But again, every other team in the conference besides Oklahoma did not look good in their first game. So uh, it, it's really, uh, I, I don't know, it, it's a tough thing to, to judge anyone. But Texas Texas is, I think, a good team. And they should take care of business against Texas Tech. Tech looked really, really awful against Houston Baptist. And yes, as a quick reminder, Houston Baptist does have a college football team. Uh, I didn't know that until they played Texas Tech. And so that's, um, you know, th- this is a game that Texas should win and should get themselves off to a 2-0 start. I really don't even see this one as, you know, what we would call a trap game. I, I don't see that at all. I think Texas wins this one pretty handily. The other 330 game, and uh, you know what? I actually left this team out when I'm talking about teams that looked good in the first week. West Virginia looked really good. Their quarterback, Jarrett Dagey, looked really good. And so... I, I think that West Virginia could be a trap game for Oklahoma State because West Virginia is coming off playing really well. Oklahoma State, you know, they, they just were really out of sync. Uh, obviously, Shane Illingworth played really well once he came in at quarterback, but they just, you know, you have Chuba Hubbard. You shouldn't need to have anybody play quarterback, really. Um, you don't need a great quarterback to beat Tulsa if you have Chuba Hubbard and you have Tylan Wallace. You just have somebody get the ball to Tylan Wallace and hand the ball off to Chuba Hubbard, and you should be fine. And so they did not look great. West Virginia might actually be a lot better than we think. Um, again, hard to judge from the first week, but I would I would really look out there for Oklahoma State. That is a really uh, an interesting challenge, uh, and, and I'll be very curious to see what happens there. And the final game, for whatever reason, the 7.30 p.m. game, is the Kansas at Baylor. Of course, Baylor hasn't played a game either. They tried to play. Uh, it's funny. People always make fun of Baylor's non-conference schedule. Uh, they originally had Ole Miss on the non-conference schedule, which would have you know been, been pretty neat uh, with the, all the changes. They then had to change it, and then they had Houston, which was going to be great last week. And then that one was canceled. And so... Baylor, Kansas, this game will be should be actually a very easy beginning to the season for Baylor. Uh, I don't see Kansas putting up much of a fight after what they did against Coastal Carolina. So Baylor wins this game easy. That really probably won't be very, very appealing. But I think the two best games of the day are going to be Kansas State at Oklahoma. Actually, honestly, all these games are pretty good except for that last one. Um Although I don't think Texas and Texas Tech will be close, but I would say the two big trap games, if I put a trap game warning on uh, any of these, Kansas State against Oklahoma and West Virginia at Oklahoma State, those are games that, uh, you know, could go either way. Although I will predict, I will say Oklahoma wins, but I really am unsure about whether I would say Oklahoma State wins. I was a big believer in that team before the season, but after that first game, 
really unsure of that. So exciting stuff all around. Uh, hopefully all these games happen. We're not going to speculate on whether they will or won't. Uh, but let's get into my conversation with John Denton uh, so we can talk TCU Iowa State and learn about those horn Frogs that we haven't seen anything from yet. And I'd like to welcome in John Denton, who is entering his 32nd year on the Horn Frog Sports Network. How's it going, John? Going great. I mean, that number is, uh, you know, I don't hear that a lot. It's kind of daunting. You're making me feel old here, but that's okay. Well, it is what it is. Yeah, well, you're, you're the expert, so that's why we, ha- we needed to talk to you, because, uh, well, you know, we haven't heard from TCU yet this season. Well, good. Let me uh, let me see if I can help you. Hope hope I can. All right. Well, I uh, I saw that this is TCU's fifth opening game. They've been prepared for. Uh, you know, what has that been like for TCU going through all that they've gone through this off season? Well, I've got to think number one. I mean, Gary Patterson is a, is really really good at scheming for different opponents, and you know, I mean, he I always say give him give him six days for you know, to get ready for anybody and he'll have his, he'll have his team prepared, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, I think it's, it's probably helped from a development standpoint for some of these younger guys, because, you know, they were preparing for Cal and then all of a sudden they're not preparing for Cal and then they're preparing for Prairie View A&M and then that one goes away and then they replace with Tennessee Tech and they look at Tennessee Tech for about a week or so. And then all of a sudden that game goes away and they, you know, move SMU back on the schedule. So they were getting ready for SMU. And then, you know, they have uh, a bad battery of tests come back a couple of three weeks ago. And uh, that one has to get postponed. They're hoping to play that either December 5th or December 12th. But, uh, and then, you know, now they kind of reloaded uh, Big 12 schedule with, it's been rearranged and now Iowa State comes to town. So it's, uh, I, I think from a, a de- development standpoint, it's helped. Uh, it's also, you know, as a result, been a extended fall camp. So instead of, you know, three and a half weeks of fall camp, it's been almost, you know, six. So uh, almost double the time to, you know, develop players, to work on a lot of individual work, a lot of group work, and, and also get some extra scrimmages in. But, you know, still still nothing like a game. You know, the light go, lights go on, and, uh, you know, the game day is where you kind of, separate the pretenders from the contenders and it'll be interesting to see you know who who competes and who doesn't tomorrow when Iowa State comes to town yeah and can you explain the the quarterback situation um I know it's been very uh we'll say interesting this offseason what what it's what's it going to be like going into the game tomorrow well Matthew Downing will start he's uh he's a transfer from Georgia played there a couple of years ago as a freshman actually played in four games and, and got some valuable experience. And, uh, you know, people that know him and talking to people, you know, from uh, Alpharetta, Georgia, where he grew up, and, and some people that knew the whole recruiting process, say Matthew Downing is a, a guy that's kind of sitting back in the shadows, a dark, dark horse, if you will, that uh, is very talented. And I've seen nothing in uh, in scrimmages to, you know, uh, uh, dispute that i mean he, he knows the offense he knows what he's doing he makes good reads he throws the ball very well and he'll get the start it's just you know nobody at tcu's ever seen him play in a game including the coaches and uh, and he'll start max duggan uh, obviously was you know the, the no doubt favorite 
going into the season. And then uh, as a result of COVID testing and, and uh, some myocarditis testing, uh, they found another issue, not myocarditis, uh, with Max's heart. He's gone through a procedure, and that's fixed, and he's back working out, and he is available tomorrow if they need him. Uh, he just hasn't had a whole lot of work. I mean, probably three and a half, four weeks, you know, without being in drills while they got him squared away. But, you know, he's a guy that started the final 10 games last year and really did a good job, set, set all kinds of freshman records, yet over 2,000 yards passing, along with 15 touchdowns, and had over 500 yards rushing. Uh, very good runner with the football. So I expect you may see Max a little bit just to help him get the rust knocked off. But uh, Matthew Downing will be the guy. And then backing them up is a number one rated junior college quarterback coming out of Independence Community College last year, Stephon Brown, who's a big kid. He's 6'5", 230. He's got a good arm and runs very well. So there's some depth there at quarterback, but, um, you know, long range, I think, uh, throughout the season, you'll see Max Duggan as the as the starter once he knocks the rust off. But uh, Matthew Downing is the guy uh, going Saturday against Iowa State. Yeah, I think that's really that's good news to hear that Duggan will be back and that things are trending in the right direction because I think there was so much uncertainty, at, at least from the outside perspective, about what was going on with him? Would he play this season? Would he be out the whole season? So that that is good news to hear that he will be back. Yeah, indeed. I mean, he's he's a guy that you know is a difference maker. And last year, as a true freshman, when he got into the games, uh, the offense took off and they rallied around him. I mean, he's he's a spirited guy. Um, you know, he's not afraid to take on tacklers, which bothers me some as a quarterback because <laughs> you're always one good shot away from a separated shoulder if you're, you know, you're trying to run down the field or fight for yardage and whatnot. But uh, he's a guy that is a real spark plug and, and long range. I mean, during the long run of the season here between now and December, TCU needs him. Yeah, you, you, you obviously TCU was so much better with him at quarterback, but it was overall kind of a, it was a down year last year. What do you see foresee for this season? Is TCU going to bounce back like they usually do with Gary Patterson after a down year, or do you think it's still more of a, a building year? Well, you know, everything's on paper right now, but if you look at TCU from a depth standpoint on both sides of the ball, I mean, start with the defense. I mean, there's a ton of, experience coming back uh you know this this looks like it's going to stack up to be one of those bounce back years that gary patterson has always had following you know a losing season and Mm -hmm. you've got uh, a defense that's stacked uh defensive line is is good there's about 10 defensive linemen that they can uh now rotate in uh you've got uh, some real good help from uh, a transfer named dylan horton who was very good player at new mexico who transferred in he as a junior and then the, one of the big gets uh during the off season was marcel brooks who's a very talented defensive end slash linebacker who uh was at lsu spent uh, his freshman year there and then decided he wanted to come back home his family's from here in the dallas fort worth area linebackers are solid and secondary may be uh if not the best in the country certainly the best in the uh in the big 12 with uh with all of the talent that's there. Uh, Trayvon Merrig, who's a free safety, rated by Pro Football Focus as the number one safety prospect in the nation. He he pretty much is the traffic cop back there. Gets everybody uh, lined up and going. And then LaKendrick Van Zant is the strong safety who uh, just had a breakout year last year. Lots of interceptions and, and really you know knows what he's doing. 
And they get back a couple of corners that set out last year with injuries. We have a lot of experience. So that defense is, is there, and that's always been the hallmark of this TCU program. While Gary Patterson is has been the coach, which is hard to believe. This is his 20th season as head coach now uh, here at TCU. Offensively, I think the biggest question is, you know, how does the offensive line come along? It's been kind of rebuilt. There's some experience there. But there's no doubting the um, – the talent from the standpoint of skilled people. Lots of wide receivers back. Tay Barber, world-class sprinter, he's back. Pro Wells, who was second-team All-Big 12 last year, he's a huge receiver at 6'4", 250. A lot of people look at him and think, man, he must be a, a tight end. But Pro Wells is a guy to keep his eye on this year. He's going to be a big, big part of it. And then I think with the insertion of Jerry Kill, the former head coach at Minnesota, mm-hmm. as the assistant head coach, and he's overseeing offense, I think you're going to see TCU load up and get a little bit bigger. They've got three big tight ends. Artavius Lynn is one of them at 6'6", 260, along with Carter Ware, who's 6'5", 250. I think you'll see a lot more two uh, tight end formations in the red zone, and that's something TCU needs. They weren't great in the red zone last year from the standpoint of getting touchdowns, and that's part of the reason they were 1-6 in in one-score games last year. If If the Frogs score eight more touchdowns last year, they are a nine and three team. That's uh, that's how much difference that made. So I, I look for the offense to get a little more muscly and a little less finesse. I think between the twenties, you'll still see um, see the frogs, you know, open it up and spread it four and five wides. But I, once once they get down close to sniffing the goal line, I think you're going to see them look a little bit more like a Big Ten team than a Big Twelve team. Mm, that'll be uh, really interesting. Uh, to see and like you you said obviously the TCU defense is the hallmark of Gary Patterson's teams usually and they should have a good defense this season looking at next or tomorrow's game against Iowa State that's kind of Iowa State's thing as well Um, their defense is typically good obviously they lost their first game Um, but what do you kind of foresee with tomorrow's game personally I think that's got to be going to be a defensive struggle a defensive battle between two teams with much better defenses than um at least their offenses were last season but you know how do you foresee tomorrow's game going well you know iowa state is you know trying to rebuild their offensive line they've obviously got a lot of talent on the offensive side but i think you're right i think it's you know it's going to be a matchup of of two great defenses you know uh, iowa state coming off the loss to louisiana 31 to 14 but you know two of those scores we're in the kicking game, big returns of 80-plus yards on a punt return and on a kickoff, and then they got caught in a wrong look and gave up a long pass play. So, you know, you you take that away, and Iowa State would have won 14-10. to 10. So um, I think, you know, it's going to be a matter of, of uh, you know, the defense is flexing their muscle. Uh, Iowa State gets back to Quan Bailey, who's a really good defensive end. They've got some great linebackers and Orion Vance and Mike Rose, who was a freshman All-American last year, and they're they're talented in the back half. I, I think Iowa State's got a really good defense. They just, you know, they broke down in special teams, and that cost them the game. Uh, you know, for TCU, uh, you know, the big question there is, you know, uh, or the advantage for Iowa State, rather, is, you know, they've had a game under their belt, and TCU hasn't. And, you know, it's always scary in those first games. Anything can happen. You usually have turnovers. You have big plays. You have breakdowns in the kicking game. And the Frogs can't afford to have any of that happen tomorrow, or Iowa State will get rolling. And their offense, if uh, if they can get their offensive line 
pull together a little bit. I mean, Brock Purdy's arguably the best quarterback in the Big 12. Great, great player who's uh, set all kinds of records and already holds career records at, at uh, Iowa State for a lot of in a lot of different categories. They've got a big, bad running back, 215-pound Brees Hall, mm-hmm. who's going to be is uh, going to be a handful. The Frogs are going to have to respect that, and then they've got, as always, under under uh, Matt Campbell. Iowa State's got some huge wide receivers, and probably the best of the bunch is their big tight end, uh, Charlie Kolar, who's uh, you know six six two fifty seven, who's rated as the number one tight end prospect coming out if he opts to come out early next year uh, for the NFL draft. But you know a lot of big receivers that are six seven, six four, six three, six six. Um, you know they they spread it out and you know it's almost like basketball on grass they're not afraid to throw it up and let those big guys go get it so the secondary for TCU is going to have their their hands full and as soon as you overplay the pass then they're going to hand it to Brees Hall who had you know nearly 900 yards last year as a true freshman who's really really good so there's a lot if you're a defensive player for TCU your eyes are going to have to be in a lot of different places as uh, as Iowa State comes to town to visit, and I, and I got to tell you, I mean, I think Iowa State's a much better team than what they showed in Week One, and you know they're going to be a little bit angry, and you know the Frogs have got to be ready to go from from the first play. Yeah, I was going to say that. Not only are they going to be a little bit angry, but they have a coach that's a lot like Coach Patterson, and that you know Matt Campbell's teams they'll lose a game that they shouldn't lose. But you better look out that next week because he's going to get them, you know, get them turned around and back in shape and. And uh, you don't really want to be playing a Matt Campbell coach team, you know, coming off a, a a bad loss like that. And so I think it'll be a really interesting game tomorrow. Do you have a uh, you know a score prediction or, or anything like that? You know, this early in the season, you know, it's it's hard to tell. Uh, you know, you you get you get uh, you know different things, breakdowns and whatnot. But I mean, if these defenses play like they're capable of playing, I mean, this could be a a 20 to 17, 20 to 14 game. I'd give the frogs the edge at home because they've been so tough at home over the last 20 years. Uh, the team program has a, a slogan that says "Protect the Carter," which is in uh, re- reference to Amon G. Carter Stadium, their their home stadium, and and they've been really really stout. I'd I'd have to give the frogs the edge in this one, but um, it, I think it's going to be low scoring. I think these offenses will struggle against these two defenses that are probably a couple of the best in the Big 12, and I'd say uh, first team to 21 probably wins. Yeah, I was, I was. was. Uh, that's exactly what I was thinking, a little, uh, you know, kind of a low scoring game, and maybe like against uh, the Raging Cajuns, a special teams play makes a difference. Well, you know, the Frogs, you know, from a special team standpoint, one of the one of the players that uh, they're really looking forward to seeing at TCU is J.D. Spielman, who's going to be a punt returner. He'll also do some kickoff returns, transfer from Nebraska, where he he set all kinds of records. And, you know, if there's a way to score with the football, he did it. Running, catching passes, he had three straight years of over 800 yards in receiving, and he's returned punts and kickoffs against some pretty good Big Ten teams for touchdowns. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of a spark that J.D. Spielman gives TCU in the special teams game. Yeah, that might be the secret weapon. Well, uh, John, I will let you go and and get prepared for the first game of the season, which is very strange to say this late in the year, but I appreciate you joining me on the podcast. You bet. Thanks so much for having me on. Have a great weekend. 
Thanks again to John for that great interview. Um, so you have a preview of all the games this weekend, including an in-depth preview of TCU. So I will end the podcast here so you can get on with your weekend. This is the Bed Goods Big 12 Bullets. <laughs>